0: They
1: use bad language and mixed company, they're extremely rich, and they can flash more bling than most posses
0: in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother f- that loses every god game. <laughs> That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> get rid of them. Wow. Bros! Come on, I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me,
1: Savior. We got Craig Hoffman from the Team 980 and 1067 The Fan coming up in just a few minutes. Craig, of course, hosts... The Commanders' pregame show on 106.7 every Sunday with Logan Paulson. It's a great show, and you can hear him weekdays in afternoon drive on the team. So here we are. We are a few days now past opening day with the Commanders still savoring that 20-16 win over the Cardinals and getting ready for Denver this weekend. Uh, we've all had a chance to kind of digest what we saw and look at the film and look at the PFF ratings. And I don't think any questions were answered last week. You know, I was looking at the PFF grades. I was really surprised with a couple of the grades that they gave out. For instance, um, they gave Andrew Wiley a grade of 68.5. And if you, you look at PFF's website and stuff, and you look and try to, you know, see how the, the grades are, are explained and everything, Um, you know, there's a color coding system to it. And they rated Wiley's performance at, let's see, what was it? Was it 69.8? Something like that. Um, 69.9. And that overall, and that was listed as above average. He had a, pass block rating of 65.6, which was okay, which was still above average, and a run blocking grade of 70.4. So, uh, you know, going back and and looking at the tape, some of the things that I saw was that, uh, and we've talked about this before, you can really see how the interior of the offensive line, and I'm talking the center and the two guards, uh, really had a pretty good day. I thought they did at least. Um, most of the pressure came from the outside. One of the two of the sacks, obviously, we've talked already about, uh, were the fact that Sam Howell was holding on to the ball too long. There was another one that uh, a linebacker, I think it was either a linebacker or a safety, beat Logan Thomas. You can't really pin that on the offensive line, but you know the the offensive line still, you had to say, gave up three of those sacks. So that is something. That they're going to uh, that they're going to have to improve upon this week. A lot of stuff to clean up. Um, I also think the defense played really, really well. And again, I, I know we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals, but the Cardinals got some players. They do have some players on that team, and the defense really does have a chance to be elite this year. Uh, Montez Sweat. Was a wrecking machine back there. Uh, that's uh, I know I'm not really going out on a limb by saying that, um, but a bunch of other guys had good games too. And we're going to get into this with Craig. You know, one of the things that that Craig and I talked about was the fact that there was one play that stood out during the game involving everybody's uh, favorite first-round pick, Jamin Davis, where a receiver got behind him on a wheel route where it looked like he let the guy run right by him. And upon, you know, further review and looking at the all twenty-two tape, again, not knowing what the specific call was. And we'll talk to, to Craig about this because, you know, obviously both his knowledge and and what he's there with Logan, who was a former player, but it really did look like Davis was trying to pass that wheel route off to somebody else and whether that was uh, Emmanuel Forbes or Quan Martin or, or somebody in the backfield there, it looked like a DB didn't pick the guy up, and it went for uh, for a big game. If you were wondering, though, about uh, Jamin Davis, he had a pretty good game. Uh, he had a PFF rating overall of 75. Uh, his, rushed, his run defense was 82. His pass defense, his coverage was 56.5, so that's... Uh, pretty average there the run but the run defense again he was absolutely outstanding I mean uh, 82.7 you're getting up uh, close to the the very good and the elite levels so good to see him having a strong game there um, the commanders back at practice today a couple of minutes ago uh, Sam Howell stepped up to the podium took questions we are of course the Show that gives you that exclusive access into the locker room. So let's hit the dramatic music and go hear from Sam this afternoon. Let's go ahead and I figure we might as well start with Denver since that is going to be clear and present this week. We, were, we asked Sam today about his thoughts on the Broncos, and while we didn't expect him to give us a detailed scouting report, obviously. Uh, he talked about what you're going to have to look out for. What more importantly than us looking out for is what they'll be looking out for at Mile High this
2: weekend. Yeah, I mean definitely watching the film and just seeing how you know what what their plan was going into Denver, and obviously they, they had success and ultimately won the game. Um, and that's hard to do, especially in a place like Denver. Um, you know, it's a great environment for them, and it's a, it's a super exciting opportunity for us um, to play a road game in a, in a hostile environment. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously just watching the film, there's a lot of things you can take from not only what Jimmy did but from what the Raiders were doing on offense and things that worked, things that didn't work, and just getting a feel for what the defense is doing.
1: And then, you know, young quarterback, obviously a lot of the story is about progression and continuing to get better. Are there any parallels in your experience so far, first couple of starts in the NFL to your first couple of starts at North Carolina?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a similar process. You know, you just – I feel like every single week I'll continue to improve, Um, and, you know, I think every single week that I – have under my belt I feel more comfortable and confident going into the next one Um, so I think it's definitely as the season goes on I think I'll continue and try to improve every week.
1: The Jimmy of course he was talking about was Jimmy Garoppolo of the Raiders. Uh, Let me say something about that and the progression and I know a lot of people have been making a lot about the fumble in you know that the, the Cardinals returned for a touchdown and here's why I'm not too worried right now about that and that's because that was pretty much a worst case scenario Uh, you do not expect a quarterback to cough the ball up deep in his own territory have the defense pick it up and return it for a touchdown if it happens once you sure aren't planning on it happening again I think that's a mistake that's going to be corrected straight away I don't think you'll see that again Uh, I'm more concerned about the interceptions yeah that one tip was that one pass was tipped and you might be able to give him a pass for that but there was another one that hit uh, Cardinal's defensive back right in the helmet if he had caught if the guy had caught it that would have been a pick six and would have put him in a big time hole uh, one of the things that we have been talking about with Howell uh, a bunch since last year and one of the reasons he didn't play until the last game last year was because of footwork a perceived lack of, of Development and footwork, which he said has gotten better, but is still very much a work in progress.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to trusting my feet, and my feet will, my feet will always keep me on time and my progression. Um, and so, I think I've done a really good job of that in practice. So, and I and I did a good job for most of the game. Um, there were just some plays here and there where I just got to continue to trust what I'm taught and trust my feet and trust my progression. Obviously, that is a lot
1: easier said than done. But again, he's a work in progress, and you know, all things considered, I think it was a pretty good first outing for the year. Are they going to be ups? Are they going to be downs? Yes, obviously. And one of the things, as we said, he has got to work on is avoiding sacks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to, you know, err on it was my fault just because I think I can I could have done a better job. Um, I mean, there were some of them where I just ran out of bounds at like a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage, which is just dumb. You know, I just throw the ball away. Um, and, you know, the, obviously the the – strip sack for the touchdown, you know, that was on me. I was just trying to do too much, especially down there backed up. You know, Don't try to reverse out and spin out of it. Um, just be smart. Um, but for the most part, I think there was places to go with the ball. I just got to do a better job of getting the ball out of my hands. And the O-line did a good job throughout most of the game. Um, and obviously the stats don't show it, um, but I got to do a better job helping those guys out.
1: Let's take a break. When we come back, Craig Hoffman joins us. We're going to break down what we saw on tape and maybe what we didn't see as well. That's next. The Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Football is back in full swing, and we got another week of epic games starting before you know it. And who's got you covered on all the action for every single one of them? You know who that is. It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football, get $200 instantly, In bonus bets, nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can also take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. What do you got to do? Well, if you want to get in on the NFL Week Two action with DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now. Use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just five dollars and take home two hundred instantly in bonus bets. That's only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With the code THPN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www. .1800gambler.net New York call 8778hopeNY or text HOPE-NY. in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling by calling 8887897777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see DraftKings. Uh, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms of responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download
3: at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Joining us now, he is the host of Craig Hoffman's show on the Team 980. He is also the host of the Take Command podcast with Logan Paulson and a fellow John Mullaney enthusiast. Please welcome Craig Hoffman in. How are you doing, my friend?
3: I'm doing well, Bob. Uh, it was easier to be enthusiastic about Mulaney before he started doing a whole bunch of weird stuff. I mean, I guess he's <laughs> kind of always done weird stuff. That's kind of his thing. But yeah. his comedy is very
1: good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he he did take a hit with the whole Olivia Munn thing.
3: Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff that happened there, but we don't it's OK. We'll just talk about the commanders and not worry about it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's so let's get into it. Um, We've had a couple of days now. We've all we all watched the game. We've probably rewatched the, the condensed version of it. Watched the all 22. I know you and you and Logan have have chopped it up since. So with a couple of days of hindsight now, how are we feeling about? less about uh, opening week against Arizona.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I actually had a good read on this one initially. Um, Maybe I need to watch it back more and change my mind, but I actually feel like, (laughs) it is the commanders, all. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this was what I expected. Like it was a hard fought win. Um, They played a mixed bag offensively. You see the potential, but you also see the, the roadblocks and defensively, man, they're really good. And that's how they're going to win games this year. And I think because we spent so much time this offseason talking about the enemy and how, and I get it because that's going to affect the ceiling of the team in a massive way. Like, let's not forget the floor that's underneath them is a potential top five defense. And the way Montez Sweat and John Allen and Deron Payne played, I mean, James Smith, Williams and Casey Tuo were really good as well. Um, you know, Forbes making a play to close it out. Like Cam Curl is everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're pretty freaking good on that side of the ball. And that that's going to make it so the offense only has to do so much. And I think if they can figure out this offense thing every couple of weeks, like they're going to have some impressive games. Um, they're also going to have some games that are really frustrating. And the turnovers are a huge problem. They've got to clean those up. So uh, I, I think it's a game where no matter how you felt going in, there was something to challenge the way that you felt. And something to justify the way that you felt, whether you were an optimist or a pessimist about this team.
1: Yeah, you know it was interesting. I know um, I I DM'd you uh, during the game about uh, inside baseball here, folks. About uh, one Jamin Davis play when you we saw a receiver get behind him, I think on a wheel route. Yeah, and you know I go back and look at it, and I think he was. It, it looked like he was expecting help. Maybe maybe Forbes or somebody. You know, it looks like it might have been zone coverage and and maybe somebody didn't pick the guy up after it ran by Davis.
3: Yeah, no, on that play, it's it looks and you always have to say it looks you can't say, you know, unless, you know, right. when I was back on the beat and we'd go in the locker room and ask the play call and get, you know, Will Compton or someone would be like, I'll draw it up for you. Yeah, at that point, I knew and I always thought it was funny that people on Twitter would challenge me for it. But um, <laughs> based off watching the tape, Logan and I actually watched this one together yesterday before we recorded the pod it looks like it's cover six. Um, so that's quarters on one side and cover two on the other. This is to the quarters side. And at that point, it would be on Emmanuel Forbes to pick up that, that rail route. That's going up the sideline to Rondell Moore, um, and Jamin's in the right place. Uh, but they also play a lot of match coverage, like the zone match in which you have to know their rules. And maybe it should have been on Jamin. Obviously that's the kind of thing though, where if you, if you think about it in a larger context, um, You know, think back to the preseason. One of the plays that's on Quan Martin is a miscommunication between Martin and Forbes. And you kind of wonder, like, okay, as great as Forbes will look to us in the preseason, are there holes in his knowledge gap and adjusting to the speed of the game? That's the reason why he plays 40 snaps and Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller play 62. Um, so I I think that's kind of an interesting thing to watch, but I I think Jamin played really well in this game. And I do wonder if moving forward, Barton is going to play less and Davis will play more like if, to me, if I get one linebacker on the field, it's Jamin Davis, but obviously they are not there with him at this time.
1: Yeah, but uh, there were, I mean, just going through the film, there were a, there were quite a few plays where, where Davis flashed, I mean, either covered a lot of ground split, split a block, you know, split a double team or something like that and, and made a tackle. I also noticed, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but Montez Sweat, it, it it's not just obviously the play on the field. He's kind of leveled up there, but you know, it was interesting watching him in postgame. He really seems to have, I don't know how to put it, but kind of grown into a, a, a frontline NFL player. It, se- it seems like his whole demeanor has kind of changed. You know, he he seems like he's ready for that big stage.
3: It does, um, and if people could hear me typing in the background, is because <laughs> I wanted to look up how old he was. I mean, he's now twenty seven years old, and so I mean that's the thing with some of these guys. You know, NBA players come in and they're eighteen or nineteen. I guess they're nineteen because of the age limit. They're nineteen years old, and by the time they're four years in, they're still only twenty three. NFL guys come in at 22, 23 years old. The young ones are 20 or 21, because again, the age limit is is a different situation. You have to be three years removed from high school. So occasionally you get the kid who graduated high school at 17 and is ready to go at 20. But by and large, by the time these guys get, you know, at the end of their rookie deals, four years in, and this is why the NFL is so hard from like a, a financial model with these rookie contracts being so limited like Montez is 27 years old. Like Mm. he's an adult. Um, and, and, you know, obviously he was a young adult when he was drafted, you know, you're not a child when you're 23. Um, but the older you get, uh, you know, and I'm 33 now, like you realize just how young 23 is or 25 is. And so by the time you're, you know, in your late twenties, like you do have a little bit more of the world figured out. I think he is a father. And so like the perspective that he's going to have as a human being, of being around this organization and being just a a person in the world uh, for the last four years of being a professional should, you know, kind of grow him up, mature him. And that's not to say that he was necessarily immature earlier, but that's just like, that's, that's incredibly human. And so I agree with you Is the, the, the kind of, I guess, baseline level here is I agree with you that I I feel like the way he has been in the media, the way he is around the building um, from the things that you hear, he has, like really grown up um, yeah. and, and matured in a great way that allows him to take a bigger leadership role on this team. And, you know, when you're a tone setter with your play, the way he is, if you can match it with a little bit of vocal leadership and some emotional leadership, I think that's a great thing. And, and it's certainly going to elevate this team. And and he has obviously elevated this team massively the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. All right. So Sam, Howell. I mean, obviously it's, it's a tradition that, goes back to even before Vince Lombardi was the coach here in Washington, but uh, Sam Howell quarterback. And I I ask you this and and all questions in the context of you're, you know, you're constantly doing shows with a, with a former NFL player, and and you've got some pretty good football knowledge yourself, but uh, you guys, you you watch the tape of Sam Howell. Um, What were your impressions of him? I kind of thought even with, even with the sacks, and I know a couple of them were on him, He just, I wrote down in my notes, he just looks like an NFL starting quarterback, you know?
3: I agree with that. Um, I think the thing that is really impressive, and Ron talked about this after the game, um, and I've talked about this a ton, and and we've talked about it on the podcast with Logan, is like his demeanor is fantastic. The way that he is able to just stay steady is really important. Like, it's not the only thing that matters uh, for an NFL quarterback, obviously, like, accuracy, that, that probably Mm -hmm. matters a lot. Decision-making matters a lot, but if you can stay composed and not ruin yourself emotionally, like that is a huge plus. And it's going to help you keep everyone else believing in you in the huddle. And, and as they, they go out and and do their jobs, they're not worried about you. It's like, all right, I just got to take care of me and Sam will, Sam will figure it out. And I think that is important that said, like, the fumbles really bad. Like that's a bad young quarterback play, but it is a young quarterback play. Um, he'll learn like, okay, sometimes I just got to be okay. Punting. Like if I'm Tress way and I'm a leader on the team and I'm also the punter, I, I would go over to Sam and be like, Hey man, I'm here. Like, yeah. don't, don't be afraid to put the <laughs> ball on my foot. Um, You know, I don't know if actually that would go well as a punter going to a starting quarterback being like, be okay with me getting the ball. But like, you know, if I'm Ron, that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm like, Hey, you see that guy over there? He's an all pro punter. he'll change the field. It's a long game. We'll get the ball back and you'll be in a better position next time. It's third in whatever it was. Do not try to make a hero play and expose the ball because they just scored a touchdown because you weren't smart with it. And so there's things like that, that are pretty easy fixes. like, Hey man, don't do that. You know, it's a little bit of the the way you teach your kid to not uh, touch a hot stove is they touch the hot stove part. Um, But there's other stuff that's more nuanced. And we talked about this on the podcast, say about the interception, where his footwork doesn't seem in timing with the routes and you know time has been all over the footwork thing for a year and a half now and that clearly is an area where he's going to continue to grow and get better and that just takes a lot of reps and you know that's going to take not weeks not months but years to like really really nail and i think the question is how like there's going to be growing pains how painful are they can you stomach them Are you willing to say we are, he is still our best option right now, even if there are growing pains and those pains will dissipate over time, or do the mistakes become so overwhelming that you don't feel like you can win with them, at which point you need to evaluate where you are in your season and whether it is worth going to Jacoby Brissett or just saying, well, if we don't have a franchise quarterback, we're screwed. So we're going to let Sam keep working. And I think there's a very narrow window where you'd ever consider going to Brissett, which is like you're 10 games into the season you're right on the cusp of the playoffs and Sam is not improving and and is really causing you issues. Other than that, like you just ride out how for the year, see how good he can get. And then you make your decision based off of whatever, you know, other factors coaches are here or not GM gets fired or not, you know, your record, uh, your draft position, whatever, moving forward. But on the short term, like I think he played well. Um, he had a lot of really good stuff. And I think the biggest positive is his creativity in the red zone is going to score this team touchdowns where they've had field goals in the past. And that is the difference in winning and losing in the NFL seven versus three is massive.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I'm biased because my, one of my kids goes to Carolina. My wife went to Carolina. I watched all of Sam Howell's games. I think they got a steal in the fifth round. I think the guy was a first round grade and he just, he had the the senior season he had or the third season he had, I, I don't think was his fault. But again, That's just me. Also, I think if anybody could, if any punter could get away with that, I think it would be Tress (laughs) because he's just chill enough to be able to pull it off. Hey, how about, um, and I want to tap into your, your, uh, your trainer experience. Um, but, uh, Chase Young, um, you know, we hear a stinger, and I, I, I'd love to believe Ron on that, but you, you get the sense that somebody Ron could say somebody has a stinger when, in in fact, they're in bed with dengue fever or something. I mean, is it <laughs> is it weird that that the chase has had a stinger for, I guess, going on you know, going on almost a month now?
3: Um, not really. Um, I think this is a lot on Ron. Early saying, like, oh, this will just be a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm like, at this point, did I make that up in my head or did he actually say that? I think he actually mm-hmm. did. Um, and Chase has been like ready to come back, you know, the when he's spoken basically since then. So it's like, yeah, not a big deal. And then, you know, you're this much later, but the doctors don't lie. Like, do- he's gone to doctor's appointments and they haven't cleared him. So at the end of the day, it's on the doctors to be like, yes, the MRI says you are good. And I think it's really important to note that a stinger is two things that you do not want to mess with and that are very complicated. It is a nerve injury and it is a neck injury. Like it is, is about the nerve stuff in your neck and you do not want to mess with that stuff because if something goes really wrong, like you're talking about potential paralysis and and like really scary stuff. um, So yeah, let's make sure that he's, he's good and cleared for contact Um, I do think it's interesting that he was cleared for practice contact and they still apparently, I mean, I guess this isn't official yet, but like Ben Standig reported in the athletic that he's going to miss this week's game as opposed to seeing how it goes. I don't really know why once he's cleared, there wouldn't like there's a necessary ramp up period, like sure. A testing period, but I don't, I don't know why he would already be out for next week if he practices and there's no issues this week, but. I'm not a doctor. Um, so I I am a I am a personal trainer. I I know a little <laughs> bit more than the average bear, but I definitely know my limits and I do not pretend to know uh about neurological issues to the extent that the doctors evaluating Chase Young do. So whatever they say goes, Bob, and uh that's that's my take. Listen to the doctors.
1: That works for me. I think we always defer to the experts. Uh, Craig, before we get out of here, uh, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter. Um, so they can, because you got, you always have some good takes during the game.
3: You can't. The search function stinks now. It's Elon Musk's <laughs> fault. Um, at boy. Craig Hoffman uh, is where I'm at on Twitter. Uh, and then of course the, the show is on, uh, on the Odyssey app nationwide. Uh, on the team 980 and we're also streaming live on youtube all three hours every day if people want to check it out on the team 980s youtube page and then we got the podcast and you know take a man pregame show with logan now on uh, 1067 the fan and the team 980 on sundays three hours prior to kick uh so yeah we're we're everywhere and i guess uh, i do kind of put out where we are on twitter so back to your original point at craig hoffman
1: He's everywhere all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Craig Hoffman from both 106.7 and the Team 980. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it.
3: You got it. Thanks, Bob.
1: That's going to do it for us. Game time will be here before you know it. We will talk to you later in the week with a preview on the Broncos. Have a good one, everybody. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, you're white.